We have begun the great season of Lent. Lent starts in such a dramatic way with Ash Wednesday and seems that everybody gets on board right away. There were five Masses in this parish. I, I had one of them and the church was packed. Middle of the day, 12 noon, packed church. Everybody is starting Lent right, starting with <coughs> repentance, with a recollection that we are dust, with a reminder of the call to pray and fast and give alms. So we have begun, but then we have this, uh, this little strange period of liturgical, liturgical journey. The liturgy is usually structured on weeks, or the first week of Lent doesn't start until Sunday, so the days between Ash Wednesday and the first Sunday are no week. This is like zero week. It doesn't have a real uh, a clear name other than the days after Ash Wednesday. So today's Thursday after Ash Wednesday. That's why Father Francis called these days the Ashen Triduum, just to give a name to this period. And in this section of Lent, the very beginning of Lent, it's as if the church is getting us properly oriented because, you know, for any journey, the beginnings are really important. If we start well, then we can end well. If we start badly, very hard to get back on track and, and end well. So that's what we're doing here. Now, it, it makes me think of the preparations that are going on in our community for the pilgrimage to the Holy Land later this year. Already the, the plans are being put in place. We have a committee and we have a, an agency in the Holy Land and there's lots of discussion about where to go, what days, where to stay, where not to go, what about this factor, that factor, cost and you know, security and airlines and airfare and all buses. And there's all kinds of things to be put into place and that's months and months ahead of now. But it's important to get an itinerary and then even before people sign up for it, they have to know what they're signing up for. So that's something like what the liturgy is doing here. Church is very wise. If we want to, want to join the pilgrimage of Lent, we have to get at least a basic itinerary. And that's what we have here. Jesus sets forth in this gospel his own itinerary and then says, anyone who wants to come after me has to follow this itinerary. This is the way it goes. It's a matter of self-denial, of emptying of self, of, of carrying the cross, and joining in the process of death and resurrection. That's the itinerary. It doesn't benefit us at all to gain the whole world and not reach our destination. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit himself? Meaning forfeit our true destination, our true identity, our true fulfillment in eternal life. That would be a terrible tragedy, no matter how rich we are. So we have to make decisions at the beginning of the journey and all the way along the pilgrimage. Today's first reading is a another clear outline of the itinerary given by Moses. Now it's, it's kind of interesting as we are here at the beginning of the 40 days, 
Moses in this reading is at the end of the 40 years. This is right before, right before his death, really, and before the, the uh, Israelites crossed the Jordan to enter into the Promised Land. So they've been on a pilgrimage through the desert for 40 years. And here's Moses setting before them what they should know by now. There are two ways, there are two options. There's the option of following the Lord or not following him. Obeying the commandments or disobeying the commandments. Life and prosperity, death and doom. So he puts it as starkly as he can. If you want to gain the benefit, if you want to enter into the promised land, well, follow the Lord, follow his commandments. Learn the lesson of these 40 years that the, that the right way to go is the Lord's way. And the wrong way to go, the way that leads to destruction and slavery and doom, well, that's to disobey the Lord and look, look, look to other gods. So this is, how, this is what's set before us. Now, it, if, when you put it like this, it's pretty simple. The reason why it's difficult for us is that it doesn't always look so simple. Uh, the the decision-making process, if we're in our right minds with good judgment and it's and we have clear what, what's going on, we, we can decide, oh, I want life. I want life and prosperity. I want the promised land. I want to go to heaven. Everybody would decide that. But that decision requires not doing other things. The, the yes implies a no, and every decision is like this. Say yes to one thing, it, it automatically includes do, no to something else. And it's not only good decisions that are costly, evil decisions are also costly. If you decide to go to uh, the casino, well you, when you can't stay home, you can't do both. Or you can't go to church if you're in the nightclub. I mean, you have to be in one or the other. This is the way all decisions are. And decisions have a kind of cutting. That's the word decision itself implies cutting. You decide one thing and you decide not another thing. Now, the reason, and that's pretty clear once we think about it, but the, the reason why it becomes difficulty is that we have this illusion that we can have the best of both worlds. We can, we can gain the whole world and not lose ourselves. We can follow the Lord and also serve ourselves. That's, that's the illusion. It can't be, but that's the illusion. So that's why it's important to get, get it clear from the beginning that following the Lord, which is the right decision, includes not following the ways of the flesh. Here, Moses puts it this way. Obey the commandments. Love the Lord, walk in his ways, keep his commandments, statutes, and decrees. Now, if it was only a matter of following a lot of commandments, that would not look very appealing to us. You say, well, every time you add another commandment, it's another restriction. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Well, who wants to live like that? See, that, that's that distorted perception that, that it's only about what we can't do, only about what is restricted of us. That's not the whole point. That's just 
That's just guideposts to keep us on track. If you want to get to the Holy Land, well, you have to get to the airport first. And if you don't get to the airport, if you decide to go to the nightclub on the day when your flight is, on, is headed out, well then, it's, you know, it's not a restriction to say, don't go to the nightclub. It's, it's to keep you on your way to the airport. Well, Moses says, this is the difference between the blessing and the curse, the difference between life and death. As we begin Lent, we have to make this decision clearly or we won't get anywhere. In fact, we could even go backwards if we're not clear from the beginning, if we're not willing to, to, take, to take up our cross, and commit ourselves to the will of God. If we're not willing to, to, to start that way, well, then we'll never get to the end. Now, it doesn't mean that Lent is one big, long self-help project uh, or one you know, superhuman effort to make ourselves good. No. God is the one who is leading us into the promised land. It's not just we who are doing it ourselves. We're responding to the opportunity we're given. Who led the people into the promised land? Well, you could say, oh, Moses did. Yeah, Moses did. But who made it possible? God did. God, who sent Moses? God did. Say him, God on your side, you have Moses on your side. But even with God calling you and even with Moses leading you, Nothing will happen unless you decide to follow. So here's, here's God giving us Lent. Here's the church pointing out the way. We still have to make our decision to follow. It doesn't happen just because it's Lent. We have to decide. So that's the, that's the clear instruction on this Thursday after Ash Wednesday. This, uh, this, this day, I mean, we don't have ashes on our head anymore, but we, we should have it in our minds that we're in a holy season, a time of, of conversion. And conversion requires decision to follow the Lord.